listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, you can do so by sending a tip through Venmo to the handle Mystical City of God. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts, the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 324, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 2, Paragraphs 403 to 412. 403. The death of St. James and the haste of Herod in inflicting it greatly increased the most impious cruelty of the Jews, For in the savage brutality of the wicked king, they saw a valuable means of pursuing their vengeance against the followers of Christ the Lord. Lucifer and his demons were of like opinion. They, by their suggestion, and the Jews, by their insistent flatteries, persuaded him to seize upon St. Peter, which he readily did in order to gain the goodwill of the Jews for his own temporal ends. The demons stood in great awe of the vicar of Christ, on account of the power emanating from him against them, and therefore they secretly sought to hasten this imprisonment. St. Peter, bound with many chains, lay in the dungeon, awaiting his execution after the holidays of the Pasch. Acts 12.4 Although the undaunted heart of the apostle was as free from anxiety or solicitude as if he had been at liberty, yet the whole body of the church of Jerusalem was in consternation, and all the disciples of the faithful were greatly afflicted at the news that Herod was to execute him without delay. In their affliction they multiplied their prayers and petitions to the Lord, for the preservation of St. Peter, whose death threatened the whole church with great havoc and tribulation. They invoked also the protection and powerful intercession of the Most Blessed Mary, from whom they all expected deliverance. 404 The dangerous crisis impending over the church was not unknown to the Heavenly Mother, for from her retreat in Ephesus, by her clearest interior vision of all things, she saw all things that passed in Jerusalem. She likewise increased her ardent requests, her sighs, prostrations, and bloody tears, supplicating the Lord for the liberation of St. Peter and the protection of the Holy Church. These prayers of the Blessed Mother penetrated the heavens and wounded the heart of her Son, our Savior. In response, the Lord descended in person to her oratory, where she was lying prostrate with her virginal face upon the ground, mingling with the dust. 
The sovereign king entered and raised her lovingly from the ground, saying, My mother, moderate thy sorrow, and ask whatever thou wishest, for I shall grant it all, and thou shalt find grace in my eyes to obtain it. 405. By the presence and loving caresses of her son, the heavenly mother was reanimated and filled with glad consolation, for the tribulations of the church were the sole cause of her martyrdom. And to see St. Peter in prison, condemned to death, and the dangers thus threatening the primitive church, afflicted her more than can be conceived. She renewed her petition in the presence of Christ the Redeemer, and said, Lord and true God, my Son, Thou knowest the tribulations of thy holy church, and her clamors sound in thy ears, while they penetrate to the inmost of my afflicted heart. Thy enemies are resolved to take away the life of her pastor, thy vicar, and if thou, my lord, permit it now, they will scatter thy little flock, and the infernal wolves will triumph over the name in seeing their wishes fulfilled. Issue then, my Lord and God, and life of my soul, thy sovereign command over the sea of tribulation, and the winds and waves that batter this little ship shall be quieted, and I shall live. Protect thy vicar, and confound thy enemies, and if it is to thy glory, and according to thy will, let thy tribulations come over me, so that I may suffer for thy faithful children, and be the aid of thy right arm and I may battle with the invisible enemies in the defense of the Holy Church. 406. Her divine Son answered, I desire that thou act according to thy wishes, using the powers I have given thee. Do or undo whatever is necessary for the welfare of my church, and thou mayest be sure that all the fury of the demons will be turned toward thee. She thanked him for this new favor, and offered to undertake the battles of the Lord for his faithful, saying, Most High Lord, hope and life of my soul, prepared is the heart and spirit of thy servants to labor for the souls bought with thy blood and life. Although I am but useless dust, I know thee to be infinite in power and wisdom. With the favor of thy assistance, I fear not the infernal dragon." As thou wishest me to dispose and act in thy name for the welfare of the church, I now command Lucifer and all his ministers of wickedness who are disturbing the church to descend to the abyss, and there be silenced until it shall please thy providence to permit their return to the earth. This command of the queen of the world in Ephesus was so powerful that at the very moment of her issuing it, all the demons in Jerusalem were precipitated into hell the whole multitude descending into the eternal caverns, without power of resisting the divine force, exerted through the most blessed Mary. 407. Lucifer and his companions knew that this chastisement proceeded from our queen, whom they called their enemy, because they dared not pronounce her name. They remained in hell, confounded and dismayed as on other occasions, until they were permitted to rise in order to battle against Mary, as will be related further on. During that time, they consulted anew about the means of attaining this end. Having obtained this triumph over the demons, the Most Blessed Mary bethought herself of overcoming likewise the opposition of Herod and the Jews, and therefore she said to her divine Son, Now, my Son and Lord, if it is thy will, let one of thy holy angels be sent to deliver thy servant Peter from prison. Christ our Lord approved of her wish, and at the orders of both the sovereigns, one of the heavenly spirits there presented hastened to liberate St. Peter from his prison in Jerusalem. 408. 
The angel executed these orders very swiftly. Coming to the dungeon, he found St. Peter fastened with two chains, guarded by two soldiers at his side and by a number of other soldiers at the entrance of the prison. The Pasch had already been celebrated, and it was the night before he was to be executed, according to the sentence passed upon him. But the apostle was so little disturbed that he was sleeping with as much unconcern as his guards. Acts 12.6 When the angel arrived, he was obliged to wake him by force, and while St. Peter was still drowsy, said to him, Arise quickly, put on thy girdle and thy shoes, take thy mantle and follow me. St. Peter found himself free of the chains, and without understanding what was happening to him, and ignorant of what this vision could mean, followed the angel. Having conducted him through some streets, the angel told him that the Almighty had freed him from prison through the intercession of his most blessed mother, and thereupon disappeared. St. Peter, coming to himself, understood the mystery, and gave thanks to the Lord for this favor. 409. St. Peter thought it best first to give an account of his liberation and consult with James the Less and others of the faithful before seeking safety in flight. Hastening his steps, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who is also called Mark. This was the house of the Cenacle, where many of the disciples had gathered in their affliction. St. Peter called to them from the street, and a servant maid by the name of Rhody descended to see who was calling. As she recognized the voice of Peter, she left him standing at the door outside and fled excitedly to the disciples, telling them that it was Peter. They thought it some foolish misunderstanding of the servant, but she maintained that it was Peter. So they, far from guessing the liberation of Peter, concluded that it might be his angel. During these questions and answers, St. Peter was in the street clamoring at the door until they opened it and with incredible joy and gladness saw the holy apostle and head of the church freed from the sorrows of prison and death. He gave them an account of all that had happened to him through aid of the angel, in order that they might, in strict secrecy, notify St. James and all his brethren. Foreseeing that Herod would search for him with great diligence, they unanimously decided that he leave Jerusalem that very night and not return, lest he should be taken in some future search. St. Peter therefore fled, and Herod, having instituted a search in vain, chastised the guards and was roused to new fury against the disciples. But on account of his pride and impious designs, God cut short his activity by severe punishment, of which I shall speak of in the following chapter. Instruction which the Queen of the Angels gave me. 410. My daughter, thy astonishment at the singular favor conferred by me on my servant James at his death affords me an occasion to tell thee of a privilege confirmed to me by the Almighty at the time when I bore the soul of the Apostle to heaven. Although I have already on other occasions revealed to thee something of this secret, thou shalt now understand it more fully, in order to increase thy filial devotion toward me. When I brought to heaven the happy soul of James, the Eternal Father spoke to me in the hearing of all the blessed. My daughter and dove, chosen for my acceptation, and from all the creatures, let my courtiers, angels, and saints understand that for the exaltation of my holy name, for thy glory and for the benefit of mortals, I now give thee my royal word that if men in the hour of their death invoke thee and call upon thee with affection and in imitation of my servant James, soliciting thy intercession with me, I will bend to them in clemency and look upon them with eyes of fatherly mercy. 
I will defend and guard them against the dangers of that last hour. I will ward off the cruel enemies that seek the perdition of souls in that hour. I will furnish them through the with great helps for resisting these enemies and gaining grace, if they wish to avail themselves of this help, and thou shalt present to me their souls to be rewarded by my liberal hands. 4.11 For this privilege, the whole triumphant church and I with it, sing hymns of thanks and praise to the Most High. Although the angels have the office of presenting the souls when they issue from the captivity of mortal life to the tribunal of the just judge, yet I have this same privilege in a more exalted decree than is granted to any other creature by the omnipotent, for I possess it by another title, and by a particular and supereminent right. Many times I make use of this privilege, and I have done so with some of the apostles, since I see thee desirous of knowing how thou canst obtain from me this favor, so precious to the soul, I answer thy pious wish by exhorting thee to take care lest thou make thyself unworthy by ingratitude and forgetfulness, and before all to gain for thyself that inviolate purity which I expect of thee and of the other souls. For the great love which I owe and cherish towards God obliges me with sincerest affection and charity to demand of all men the observance of his holy law and the preservation of their friendship and the grace with God. This thou must prefer before thy life and be willing to die rather than offend thy God and highest good. 4.12 I wish that thou set about obeying me, Act out my instructions, and work with all thy might to imitate what thou seest and writest of me, that thou permit no intermission in thy love, nor forget for one moment the heartfelt affection thou owest to the liberal mercy of the Lord, that thou be thankful for all his blessings and to me, since thy obligations are far beyond the power of fulfillment by thee in this mortal life. Be faithful in thy correspondence, fervent in thy devotion, ready to do what is most holy and perfect. Let thy heart expand and do not narrow it in pusillanimity, following the instigations of the devil. Extend thy hand to sorrow and powerful deeds, filled with confidence in the Lord. Be not oppressed by adversities, thus impeding the will of the Lord in thee, and the high ends of his glory. Retain vivid faith and hope, even in the greatest assaults and temptations. In all this, let the example of my servants, James and Peter, assist thee, and the certain knowledge of possessing through me the happy security of those who live under thy protection of the Most High. In this confidence and in devotion to me, James obtained this singular favor I showed him in his martyrdom. Trusting in me, he undertook immense labors in order to reach the crown. In this confidence, St. Peter remained so tranquil and content in his prison chains, nor lost for a moment the serenity of his soul. Thus he merited at the same time that my divine son and myself should plan his liberation. Of such favors the children of darkness make themselves unworthy, because they build all their hopes on that which is visible, and on their diabolical earthly astuteness. Raise up thy heart, my daughter, and withdraw it from these deceits, Aspire to that which is most pure and holy, since with thee shall be the arm of the Almighty, who wrought such great wonders in me. This concludes our reading today for day number 324. We have been reading from volume 4, book 8, chapter 2, paragraphs 403 to 412. Today we are still reminded once again of 
the great intercession of Our Lady, that Mary, who heard of Peter's imprisonment, petitioned the Lord that he be liberated, and indeed he was. Mary was able to obtain that grace for Peter. And then we heard that the father spoke, saying, My daughter and dove, chosen for my acceptation from all the creatures, let my courtiers, angels, and saints understand that for the exaltation of my holy name, for thy glory, and for the benefit of mortals, I now give thee my royal word, that if men in the hour of their death invoke thee and call upon thee with affection in imitation of my servant James, I will bend to them in clemency. So God the Father is saying to Maria of Agreda, when we call upon Our Lady at the hour of death, that he inclines his ear to that prayer. It makes those words of the Hail Mary we pray, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, mean so much more. But to pray at that very moment of death as well, as that moment is approaching, to ask the intercession of Our Lady. So often I know that those who are at their last hours, that the family places a rosary in their hand. They call upon the Blessed Mother in that regard, in a sense allowing Our Lady to hold that person's hand as they begin their final journey from this life to the next. Let us together have confidence in the intercession of Our Lady. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.